First time, long time. 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 Hey there, sports fans. First time, long time. I'm Tommy Fitzgerald. He's Richie Barone. And Richie, we have a very special guest with us today. Yes, we do. Welcome to Friday. It's Friday Rankings, and we are happy to finally bring on uh, a man who has done a lot for the New York Mets, a lot for the world of blogs, Mr. Matt Cerrone. Matt, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Very, very good. Thank you for coming on the program. Uh, so this Friday Rankings thing, what we do normally here is we pick something to rank. Uh, in the past, we've done concessions at City Field. We've done uh, top New York Mets that, are, that wear the number 19 in honor of the arrival of Jay Bruce. And, uh, Tommy, what are we doing today? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Richie. We're going to go through today and go over five moves that Terry Collins should be making before the end of the season. Obviously, we're in the crunch time, heading down the home stretch. Terry, uh, the much maligned Terry Collins this season, would you, would you fellas agree? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's one way to put it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel, you know, Terry, he takes a beating, and I, I used to yeah. sort of defend him, but it's it's been tougher and tougher with some of the decisions this season. Yeah, yeah it's getting a little crazy, but uh, we want to hand the baton off to uh, our friend Matt Cerrone here and let him list the five things that he thinks Terry Collins should be doing, the changes he should be making, the moves he should be making as the season winds down and the playoff race takes shape. So, uh, Matt, what do you got for number five? Well, the, f the first thing I'm going to say is pay attention because it's been, for whatever reason, now, you know, I wrote this on Mets Blog the other day. I don't know if this is stuff that's been going on in years past and maybe we just didn't notice it as much or it wasn't, didn't seem as vital, but he's made some really bizarre mistakes. I mean, obviously there's the bullpen stuff and, and lineup construction. And those are things that every fan base is going to, criticize and have an issue with but things like you know publicly admitting that he didn't know Jay Bruce was slower than Brandon Nimmo or the other day <clears throat> saying that he didn't use Jerry Blevins because he had a forearm issue and then Blevins says I don't know what he's talking about I'm fine like you know the, just a lot of random little things missing challenges um you know for whatever reason he's done some oddly peculiar stuff that isn't just um, you know, who to hit where and, and what pitcher to use, um, you know, and so, and I feel like in some cases, those things may be costing them games. It's, it's not just him. It's also the bench, his bench guys, um, his, you know, <clears throat> his, uh, bench coach and Dick Scott and these people, I mean, they're supposed to be part of this <laughs> also and helping out. I don't know what's going on communication wise, but something's up and, you know, these last 30, whatever games are going to be hugely important and need to step up. I think they're, uh, you know, their attention, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree. It seems like sometimes uh, Terry falls asleep at the wheel and Dick Scott is texting in the passenger seat. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> how you sit there. And the one you pointed out specifically, I think Tommy would agree, uh, when you have Jay Bruce running instead of Brandon Nimmo, and then someone asks you why you didn't put Nimmo in, and you just say, I don't know. I yep. mean, that's coaching. That's the first day of coaching school 101. Learn to at least lie. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, he. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. 
I was going to say, I mean, he could take a cue from his GM, who I'm not going to say Sandy Alderson is lying, but like any good CEO, I think he knows to, you know, tell people and, and what they want to hear at that moment and speak in the now and sort of really kind of understand what he's doing. I mean, t- Sandy does an unbelievable job to the frustration of the media and to fans, I think, to an extent, but probably uh, it, it probably makes his, his employers and his colleagues happy because, you know, I think he does a good job of sort of protecting uh, the reality and the truth and doing what's in the best interest of the team, not necessarily what's in the best interest of the reporters and the fans. And that's his job. He's supposed to do that. He does it well. Terry, on the other hand, I think, you know, hey, he's a baseball manager and he's an old timer too. That's the other thing. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, I don't, he probably just doesn't care. I mean, he probably is just speaking his mind and doing his thing because that's probably what he's always done. And it was fine before. And why isn't it now? And, you know, again, I think it's just high tension. I think it's stressful. And this is, you know, things matter now. And this is, it's, there's a lot going on. This is a big deal. And they've been floundering. And there's a lot of injuries. And there's a lot of questions. And, you know, he's, he's got to have answers. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, it seemed like he was almost defiant at some points. And you mentioned Sandy. Sandy gives basically a clinic and, and had a talk for about 10 minutes without really telling you anything. It's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, and look, listen to Brian Cashman, listen to Theo Epstein, listen to any, uh, you know, successful GM, I think, or any executive. You know, look, it's not just baseball, it's any industry. I mean, you call, listen to an earnings call on Wall Street. It's the same thing. You know, I mean, that's just what, and, the, and it's unfair to expect a 70-year-old baseball manager uh, to have that sort of skill. But the fact of the matter is it's New York, it's a pennant race, it's hot, and, you know, these kind of things come up and um, it doesn't make it, it doesn't look good. When, or what it's saying is it's bad optics. Um, and and that'll actually p- 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 uh, relate itself to, to one of the other things I'll bring up later. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think he's got to step it up a little bit um, if he wants to help himself out. Yeah, I mean, number five, that's a great start is pay attention. It's literally the name of the game, the simplest thing you can do. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I did a better job paying attention as a bartender at Applebee's than Terry <laughs> is right now, and it's just got to change because this team does have talent even though they are very injured. Uh, you know, John Neese going down uh, a couple days ago at the beginning of that Cardinals game. Matt, what do you have for number four in terms of things Terry should be doing, maybe uh, lineup construction, otherwise to get this team over the hump this season? Uh, I'd like to see more T.J. Rivera. Um, you know, I'd like to see Michael Conforto back, but that's not Terry's call. That's that's his uh, GM's call, and, and I think he'll be back in, in a couple days uh, when the rosters expand, uh, as will Rivera. Rivera probably go back when Neil Walker comes back, and then Rivera will come back again. Hopefully with Conforto, um, but I, I, I like this kid's bat. I like I like his approach. I like what he does for the lineup. Um, you know, and and I just think he should be in there. And I'm glad to see that his first, the kid's first game back up here. And uh, I'm 40, so I can call a 27 year old a kid. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that he's back in the lineup, which is good. Um, you know, he does a lot of things. He can play a lot of positions. I, I actually think I'd like to see him a little bit in first base. Because um, he has played there in the minor leagues, and I think him and Wilmer probably be more productive than uh, James Loney has been over the last couple weeks, who's been terrible. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I'd like to see T.J. Rivera in there more, and I'm glad that uh, that at least he is so far. But you know, that's the thing with the way Terry's done things. The kid will go three for four and then sit tomorrow, and that really is more what this is about. Like the real answer here is if you're going to say play who's hot, actually do it, and. I think Rivera is a good example. The kid hits, he sits. He hits more, they send him down. <laughs> he 
he comes back, he's going to hit. Hopefully he'll keep playing, and it seems like a novel concept, but I think that's important when you're trying to score runs uh, for a pitching staff that looks a little tired. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I got to I gotta ask you a question. It seems like this kid has hit at every level throughout his career. I mean, why why is it taking so long to get – what is he, 27 years old? Why is yeah. it taking so long to get a kid up here? I mean, does he have uh, does he have a body odor problem? What's the deal with <laughs> – you know? You know, it's a good question. He – you know, they all know who he is. Anybody in the front office or in the coaching staff, anybody you talk to about him, they all know his name. They all know what he's capable of. I just think he's one of those kind of players that, you know, maybe it's because he didn't have a set position and they, you know, they had other guys blocking him. And it was like, why promote somebody to just be a bench player? We'd rather see this guy get playing time. I, you know, I don't know. It could just be right, you know, right time, wrong place, circumstances. It's certainly not out of favor because, like I said, you know, J.P. Rashardi in particular seems seemed to be a, a you know, huge advocate for this kid. I mean, he had supporters. It just didn't seem to come together at certain times and, and now it has um you know he uh, look it, it's it's sometimes that's what it comes down to it's these these baseball windows are very peculiar and you know it's like i said right place right time i, I really think that's what it is for this kid yeah man i gotta tell you i love the idea of him playing a little more at first base especially with so many lefties in the lineup and that's a major yes. issue is having another right-handed bat a guy that hit 300, well over 300 over the minor leagues last couple of seasons to really balance that lineup out. You know, it's not just the batting average. It's, you know, I look, the, the, the fact that he has a, it's a short, it's a, a short uh, window here, but, you know, his on-base percentage is lower than his batting average, which is very rare. Yeah. But it's indicative of the fact that, like, he sacrificed, you know, he puts the ball in play, he, you know, he it sack flies, he does some things like, He's not just up there striking out, which unfortunately, like the rest of the lineup, um, you know, he does sort of, you know, he works it. And I, and I think that's something that the lineup needs, even if it's just off the bench. I mean, whatever. I'll take what I you take what you can get. Yeah, you know, I guess there's a reason that James Loney wasn't being offered a uh, so, major league contract in San Diego. I, uh, I doubt he's with the team next season, although you never know. I know there are a lot of James Loney apologists out there. But uh, I, I would have to agree, T.J. Rivera getting into the lineup, a little bit of new blood, a guy that can put the ball in play, uh, doesn't doesn't poke as many singles as James Loney, so, you know, uh, <laughs> so so I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I'd give him a shot, especially because he's he's got a lot of utility. You could put him in a lot of different positions. Well, first base uh, has been a weird position, too, because I, I don't think they ever anticipated Duda was going to be out for the season. Right. You know, so you pick up Loney to just sort of get you by. Um you know, but here we are. It's <laughs> thirty whatever games left, and James Loney's hitting one eighty over the last month, and he's still in there. You know, and like that speaks to, I think, sort of the way one of the other points I'll bring up, which is if you want to just transition to the next, the yeah, next hit us at number is, three, which is again novel concept. Put your best hitters first <laughs> over your weak hitters. It it seems, and I'm not a huge lineup guy, but like, can we please put the better hitters get the most at bats? versus, you know, Curtis Granderson batting one and two. Um, you know, I get it. June, July, July he, had a, he, he had a really good, good uh, you know, 100 or so of bats there. But for the most part, Granderson's been kind of lost. And why he's up the most seems kind of crazy. And that is throughout the lineup. So, like, again, you know, James Loney protecting Yoana Cespedes seems kind of bananas, but, you know, whatever. And so I, I, that to me just, like, let's stack the deck early because at this point, 
you know, there's only so many bats left in the season, and I'd like to see the best hitters get them. Absolutely, and one guy who struggled quite a bit this season is Travis Dono, but I have to agree completely. I, in a, uh, one of the games last week, we had Ty Kelly hitting ahead of Travis Dono, oh, and yeah. I, 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 don't, I agree with you completely. I don't understand it. How about Ty Kelly batting second? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a great one. I love that one. That was terrific. Yeah, I mean, if you told me in April that I was going to live in a world where Ty Kelly was b- pinch hitting for Travis Darno batting second, I-, I would have thrown myself into the Hudson. I mean, like it's it's unbelievable. And the thing is, you know, you made a great point earlier. I, I feel like Curtis Grandison is getting by on the fact that he's Curtis Grandison right now and not being dropped in the lineup. And it's a shame because you know what, he may be a guy who would thrive. Uh, or at least perform a little bit better if he was dropped to the you know let's say five hole behind a uh, behind a Cespedes or you know uh, in front of a Flores and behind a Bruce if you want to go righty lefty righty uh, you know but definitely not two I, I don't see him really setting any tables he's he's knocking the tables um, on the ground right <laughs> exactly he uh it I get all that for a while right like you you got to give him the benefit of the doubt and look he, and like I said he did have a a really good June and July his you know overt numbers weren't great but he was hitting, I mean, he was doing well. He was having a really, you know, he was one of the better hitters in the league for, for a certain stretch, and then it just vanished again. And, like, yeah, he had a terrific last season. He struggled in April and most of May. He had a really good summer. He struggled again. And here we are in the thick of it. I mean, this is it. There's no room for error here. So, you know, now is the time. You know, Joe Torre did always did a good job with this. Like, he would give these guys the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt with the Yankees, the benefit of the doubt, and he'd get criticized for it. But when it came time for it, he would make the move. Because, like, at the end of the day, A-Rod's got to hit ninth or whatever it's going to be. Like, we just, it, this is it. Like, we're down to it. So, you know, I don't see Terry doing that. Uh, he's loyal to a fault. We've seen that a lot in Mets managers over the last decade. Um, you know, I would expect more, frankly, from the front office, who seems to be to be a little bit more... Uh, you know, evidence-based and intellectual about stuff. But at the same time, you know, it's Terry's job to, this is what they, you know, they, they ask him to do. You don't want to necessarily take that out of his hands. And he's got to have the respect of his other players and his leaders and guys on the thing. And I know you don't want to throw Granderson under the bus necessarily, but again, this is it. There's only so many games left here. And, you know, at the, it, what do you want to do? You want to baby Granderson's ego or do you want to make the playoffs? Because well, that may be the choice. I gotta wonder if you're Terry, do you do you sit him and push all your chips in on Michael Conforto and push him in in September and let him actually hit against lefties, right? And hit against what for the you know in some cases AAA pitching. I mean, you know, you're gonna face a lot of guys around there. You know, Conforto has seen these guys. He's gonna he's gonna start to see other September call-ups maybe. And look, I don't want to make excuses for Conforto because I think he's gonna have a really good career and I think he's an amazingly talented hitter. Um, but he struggled and, you know, some of these better pitchers were getting the best of him, but September's a different deal. And I mean, Granderson has been terrible. So, and Conforto's killing it in AAA again. So, you know, and you get a lot of, you hit a lot of balls on the ground in, in Vegas and you get a lot of cheap hits and I get all that, but he's, he's driving the ball. And if you talk to coaches out there and guys that, you know, as I have, like he's, he's hitting the ball hard. He, you know, he's got it back together, you know, bring him up here, let him figure it out. You know, what this kid did last fall was tremendous for a rookie. And, you know, I'd like to think he can continue it. They need the offense. And, again, uh, this is another guy I'd love to see grab a first baseman's glove, by the way. I don't know what his situation is in terms of that. But, like, I I bet you we see that next spring, by the way. Um, You know, uh, just get him in the lineup. 
seems like a prime candidate while they wait to see if uh, Dom yeah. Smith is going to pan out. Um, you know, definitely great points though. Terry's got to got to shuffle the lineup uh, uh, for sure. Um, well, unfortunately, my next one was going to be enough Curtis Granderson, and somehow that all morphed into just crapping on on Granderson. So uh, I mean, that's really perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so if we want to keep talking about him, we can. But that was actually going to be my number four. I mean, I got a quick question for you. Now that yeah, the uh, the niece injury has taken taken a toll on the team, do they try to make a waiver wire deal for a starter? I can't believe we're talking about this, but do they do it? Yeah, you know, I would think they got to be looking. My, my guess is they've been looking. It's not like this is the first injury in the rotation. It's kind of remarkable. I mean, to think that three fifths of the Fab Five, so to speak, are all on the DL is uh, quite depressing. Um, you know, Nice, quite honestly, has been nothing but terrible since they got him, frankly, before they let him go, um, before they traded him. I'm not a huge John Nice fan. I thought, well, they're going to bring him back, use him in this sort of swingman role. Maybe he'll be fine. But, you know, at this point, he suffers this knee injury, which they knew about, um, and why he was run back out there to start. Who knows? Um, but he did. He comes up lame. And the fact is, at this point, he's given up 14 runs in 11 innings, which, had I told you, the day they acquired him, hey, guess what? Uh, by the end of August, Nice will let up 14 runs in 11 innings and be hurt. I don't think anybody would have been surprised. And so that's sort of the point uh, on Nice. I don't even know what point I'm making. Oh, so, yeah, so they, uh, Nice is just so easy to pick on. I'm sorry. Hey, he's um, a bit of a bum. What do you Yeah, <laughs> he's just, you know, he's an easy target. Um, yeah, they should be on, the, you know, looking for guys. There's going to be waiver wire players available, um, you know, especially when we get down to it here. Guys have cleared. There's certainly going to be, at the very least, you know, uh, a reliever here and there that they might be able to move some things around. I would like to see Zalman get a shot. I'd like to see maybe, you know, what he does, you know, if they can give him a start if they need to. Lugo, I think, has been terrific. Um, he hasn't been great, uh, but I think for what he's been asked to do, I think he's, he's done a really good job. Um, I think they could patch it together, but, man, you hate to think down the stretch here they're just going to be kind of throwing darts at the rotation. It reminds me of um, ugh, all these years blend together, but I want to say 07, uh, 08, when they, with the bullpen, when they were just, you know, it's like anybody and their brother was just getting starts and throwing in relief, and it was like whatever, every day was a new adventure. Was and that the year that, that we had Hall of Famer Luis Ayala closing? Yes, as the closer, yes. Thank you, Omar, for not making deals for relievers. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think that's what we're going to be looking at here. I just feel like every day we're going to go into the day thinking, all right, well, you know, if it's not Syndergaard, um, and not Degrom, it's going to be oh well, well, it's hope for the best. I mean, I have no idea who's throwing today, but I'm sure something will happen because that that's essentially what the season's been. Yeah, we got to hope that uh, we go from a team with not much offense to the offense carrying the team down know, the stretch here in remar- September. It's remarkable how that changed. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It seems to it seems to flip on a switch. But uh, but Matt, what do you what do you got for number one for the biggest move that Terry's got to take us the rest of the way? <laughs> well. Uh, oh, well, that was not, okay, so the, 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 the move to take him the rest of the way, that I don't know. But the, ne- the, the move I was going to say that he's got to start doing before the end of the season is maybe start uh, clearing out his office and thinking about what's next. Because I just have a feeling if they don't make the playoffs that he's not going to be back. And so, you know, when it comes to what Terry Collins should be thinking about or doing uh, between now and the end of the season, I, I have a feeling that might be it, um, unfortunately. If they don't get there... Um, you know, even if they make a run and don't get there, I have a feeling that there may be uh, a bit of a shakeup uh, in terms of what, what's going on here. Maybe even in the front office, it wouldn't shock me to see Sandy Alderson elevate to more of a president role and maybe Rico takes over on a more day-to-day and, 
you know, maybe Terry gets another job in the organization and they, whether it's Dick Scott or a Bud Black or somebody else that kind of comes in and, and none of these things would surprise me. Um, again, for a lot of the reasons we've talked about in the other four here, um, you know, it's not to say that things have passed Terry by. It's just, you know, I, you always look at a lot of these teams that go on to have success. And when they build from, when they, they come from a rebuild, it's very rarely that that manager is the one that's with them when they actually get to the winner circle. And that kind of feels like where the Mets are right now. Like he, he did the job he needed to do to get them here. And it may take someone else to actually, you know, get them over the edge. Um, and I just, I don't know if they don't, if they don't get back to the playoffs this year, even though he's got a year left, I just, I have a feeling that they'll make a shift. It's just a hunch. Uh, it's, you know, a educated guess, but, uh, that's if I were Terry and I'm making a list of things to do before the end of the year, I would start thinking about, uh, you know, some what's going to what's going to happen in my office and, and maybe what I should do with, uh, you know, some of my files. Yeah, the Mets with Terry and uh, stay with me in this one. It, it hits me as like a, uh, a newlywed couple that got a starter apartment and they were going to they were thinking about buying a house in two years and then six years go by and they still got the starter apartment. Sure. When we first got Terry Collins, the plan was not to have Terry Collins for more than a couple of years. Uh, as far as I remember, I mean, Sandy alluded to the fact that he was kind of going to, you know, steer the, the dumpster fire Mets through the, the, you know, a few years. And then we're going to get a guy who really knows his stuff to join on. Uh, you know, Terry got, got us to the World Series. So you got to show him that respect and give him another year. But I think if he's back next year at this point and they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be like uh, 08 when it was Shea goodbye. People are going to be throwing batteries and souvenir cups. Yeah. It's going to be nuts. Well, I'll tell you, even if they do make the playoffs... I, 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 and unless they win the World Series, like if, if, and especially if they don't, e either way, if he's back next year, I think he's on the hot seat from day one. Oh, yeah. I, really, I just don't think there's any way around that. I mean, you know, Sandy, look, when your GM ad admits in a book and then in follow up questions that he considered letting you go, like actually says that out loud, um, you know, it's something he's thought about more than once. I, I don't think. That was the first and only time Sandy Alderson considered replacing his manager, um, you know, and, and I think you, you make a good point, and I think you're right. You know, my, my understanding was when he was hired, it was let's take this player development person who's got, you know, a lifer, he's a baseball man, he, he can really whip these kids into shape, somebody who knows the minor league system, knows these young players we're going to be passing through here and kind of teach them the game and, at the major league level and, and be that coach, manager. Um, you know, and then for whatever, you know, there was some success. Maybe he was doing better in the job with the reporters, with, you know, managing the clubhouse and, and being a, you know, quote unquote, New York manager. Then maybe they expected, I think he's got fans in ownership. Um, he has a really good relationship with David Wright. And that's important when you're the Mets manager at this point. Um, and so maybe you give him the benefit of the doubt. And next thing you know, you're in the World Series, which nobody expected last year. And so, yeah, here we are. Um, but you know what? It's real now. This is, you know, this staff is only going to be together for so long, uh, if they are at all, with the way they've been injured. But you hope, you know, next year everybody's healthy and they're all on the field together. And you're, you're going to have a small window here. I know we like to think, and Sandy Alderson wants to build this long-term contender, and that's always the goal. But that doesn't happen all the time. And you've got a shot here. So the question is, do they truly feel Terry's the guy to lead them to that next step? And I think the evidence has shown that they've at least considered that he's not. And I think he has shown during the course of the season that he probably isn't. And I wouldn't, you know, and he's a wonderful guy and I wish him the best of luck. But, you know, sometimes things change and you got to move on. 
Yeah, Matt, in terms of if, if something like that were to happen, obviously don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but do you think they would look outside the organization to bring someone else as a potential managerial candidate? Or, you know, we've heard Met fans clamor for Wally Backman occasionally. What, what do you think about that? I think I stand a better chance of managing the Mets than Wally Backman. That is a direct quote from somebody who uh, is aware of how this works and what's going to happen and might not. Um, it's just not going to be the case. It's, uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, um, and I, I don't see it. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to be manager of the Mets, so that tells you what you need to know there I mean, about. Bobby never Fink. say never. Yeah, and, and the last person you'd want anywhere near anything like that. Um, also, my wife would probably have a problem with it. Um, so, so it, it, I think it depends on where they are and how things go. So, if they make the playoffs and there's some continuity and there's you know. They just feel like Terry, for whatever reason, needs to not be in that position. You know, I could see them giving it to Dick Scott. He has a relationship with this front office, with Sandy. Um, you know, he's been, again, in. he's worn a suit. He's been a traveler. He's been a player. He's been a coach. He's been on the bench. He knows the city. He knows the players. I mean, it would make sense to sort of have that continuation. If they feel like they need, you know, more of a veteran, somebody who's been in the position, who has the respect, you know, in terms of accomplishments, you know, you go outside. Um, but I think ultimately it's going to be not somebody we're all very excited about. I think <laughs> like the, I just think this front office, Sandy Alderson in particular, and he's written about it at length, you know, they want that middle manager. They want somebody in there that could sort of push the buttons they want pushed. They want them to be professional, you know, not go off record with reporters to stick to the script, to, you know, manage relationships, manage the media. They, they want a manager. They want somebody that can do all those things. And it's going to be somebody who he has a relationship with, that he trusts, that he has, a you know, that he knows. I think everybody keeps going back to Bud Black only because they have a relationship from San Diego. Um, he has been successful. He's a manager of the year. You know, he kind of crashed and burned at the end, but not under Sandy's watch. So, you know, I just think that that somebody like that makes sense. I don't know if that too would be, but I think somebody along those lines. It's not going to be, you know, a Buck Showalter type or you know one of these kind of wild and crazy kind of guys. It's going to be more of a you know straight and narrow, uh, not Wally Backman. Let's put it that way again. <laughs> and you know, I just think that's that's what they're going to wind up doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't hate the uh, Bud Black idea. I think I have one bonus one. You gave us a great five there, but my bonus one would be. Uh, consider using Familia for for three plus innings at a time. I think that'd be good. Maybe we could just put him in there in the sixth and let him cruise right through the ninth. Uh, I know he did. He was basically a one man bullpen last year. Would you yeah. would you advocate for that or? I don't know. I don't know. I, he. I mean, it's I a tough. One. I wouldn't be surprised to see Terry do it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see him do anything. Um, you know, but you're right. I think when push comes to shove. I don't think it's, you know, I will certainly throw back-to-back -back innings. That's certainly, I'll certainly throw three nights in a row. We've seen him do that with him before. So, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I think when you're at such a, um, you know, when you are when you have so few pitchers, so few healthy, effective pitchers on your roster, um, you know, I think anything's possible. That's absolutely true. And uh, that'll do it now. Those are our Friday rankings. Thank you very much, Matt Cerrone the founder and owner of MetsBlog.com, something, uh, a site I've been reading since before it was a part of SNY.TV. Uh, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for giving us five things that Terry should do, and hopefully 
you know, will you come back on sometime? Absolutely. I would like to be on for, you know, five things they need to do to, to get through the playoffs and win the World Series. That would be fun. That'd be great. Hopefully, <laughs> awesome. hopefully next time we talk to you, we're, uh, you know, we're getting little hats with little playoff emblems on the side of them and uh, getting ready for good stuff. So, Matt, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Best of luck. You got it, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Matt. You got it. I tell you, Richie, how about that, Matt Cerrone? That was awesome from MetsBlog.com. We thank him so much for taking the time to join us today, talking a little bit of Metropolitans. And, uh, you know, you talk about a guy that's informed and knows his stuff. I mean, he knows a little bit more than you and me, that's for sure. Yeah, like I told him, I've been reading that site since, uh, you know, my, my social media manager and cousin Gene first turned me on to it in about uh, 2006, and I've been going steady ever since. You know, Matt Cerrone, uh, the original super fan for the New York Mets. So thank you very much once again. I hope you guys enjoyed our, uh, our Friday rankings for this week about what Terry should be doing to spin this team around and in the right direction. And uh, that's going to do it for us. So until next week, enjoy the weekend and let's go Mets. Like always, you can find us on Facebook at First Time Long Time, on Twitter at MetsFTLT. And uh, if you want, email us at First time, long time pod at gmail.com. And uh, like I said, have a great weekend, everybody. Let's go, Mets. Yeah, hey, fellas, this is Chris from New Hyde Park. First time, long time. Hi, this is Bob from Greenpoint. First time, long time here. Hey guys, this is Audie Bevilacqua from Hapog. First time, long time. <laughs>